0: Week three is in the books, and your Nittany lines improved to 3-0, and oh, scoring 60-plus points. Fantastic week for the good guys. Pat and I will recap the entire Kent State game, give out our weekly awards, and even preview the upcoming Illinois game this Friday night. So buckle up, strap in, and let's hit it. fun game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Wednesday, September 19th. I'm your host, Chris, joined by my co-host, Pat, as always. It is 11.13 p.m. on a Wednesday. Pat, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I want to uh, potentially apologize in advance to any viewers. There is some vigorous lovemaking happening in my apartment right now. Hope the noise doesn't (laughs) seep in, but that I can't guarantee
0: it. Yeah, man, that's uh, the beauty of, of having some roommates in, in L.A., a couple of young, good-looking dudes and about to have some lady friends over. So hope you don't hear it. But if you do, uh, just be Could safe, be kids. be Be safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are recording this on a Wednesday. Um, busy weekend for me. Had my older brother in town visiting from Alaska. Shout out to Bob. Uh, that was awesome. Don't get to see him a whole lot. Um, and then was out of town for a couple of days. So we're only getting to this Wednesday. Feels like the game was forever ago. It, uh, it was I mean it was an early game Saturday morning, but like I had to go through my notes this morning and kind of remember part of what happened. So yeah, got a lot to talk about a lot to break down. How's your week been before we get to it how you doing?
1: Uh, good it's been, yeah, I've been busy. But, yeah. uh,
0: I'll tell it was maybe my favorite thing about the game other than
1: our great win was I got to watch the whole thing in bed. And let me tell
0: you, that was nice. Yeah, West Coast man. Uh, those noon games hit us at 9 a.m. Yeah, I watched the first half in bed, and I actually didn't see the second half because we uh, we headed out to Universal for Harry Potter World. Fantastic! I was day. there later
1: that day. Yeah,
0: damn, we got across. Halloween Horror Nights. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, it was packed. For those that. of you who don't know, that
1: is my place of work.
0: There you go. Um, but yeah, great weekend, uh, great game. So so I think we jump into. I it. fell asleep during the second half. So. Okay, cool. So we'll both be going on somewhat of a fuzzy <laughs> memory slash highlights. So. Yes. Listen, if you want experts, go to another podcast. We're going to give you it's a little bit intermediary. So, uh, yeah, if you're new to new to listening to us, and even if you're not, we're still figuring this out. What we're going to do is we're going to give out our, our weekly award. We give out a lion and a lamb. It's our most valuable and least valuable player. We'll go through the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, it's going to be tough to find bad and ugly of the skin. You got 63 points, but we'll do our best. There's a couple of things. A couple of things there. Um We'll have a couple of uh, miscellaneous notes of the game. Uh, we'll do our Big Ten Awards. We give out a Big Ten Baller and a Big Ten Bozo of the Week. Uh, and then we'll end it with a kind of quick Illinois preview. So let's jump into it, man. Who's uh, who's your line of this week? A lot of options to choose from. Um,
1: I got to go with DeAndre Tompkins. Dude, had had a
0: receiving touchdown
1: and averaged to over 20 yards a return on punt returns. That's, that's an insane number. Like I got this as Kent State, but that is a crazy number
0: yeah and that's not even
1: bolstered by like a touchdown
0: yeah it was just consistent
1: he he averaged essentially 21 yards a return and his long was 32
0: i mean almost every single one of those was going for you know 20 yards yeah it's incredible huge 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 factor in the return game and we've we've talked about deandre's struggles to start start the first two games didn't have a single reception and to come back with with four for 100 yards and a touchdown and I think it was the first touchdown of the game. So it was, uh, it was nice to see him started off. Right. And yeah, he was one I I had listed down. I had a feeling you were going to take him, so I got some other options, but yeah, I think he's just such an asset to that return game too. And I mean, field position is everything, right? Uh, Yeah. yeah, It's great to put up 63 points, but so much of that is predicated on where you start with the ball. So great choice. Um, now I got to go down my list a little bit. Um, I will say this, I think, uh, I think we might have to take like a stipulation that we just can't pick Trace as our lion because the guy's gonna be an option every fucking yeah, of game. of course he is. He's so sorely. I'm gonna save him. I'm gonna save him. Okay. We'll talk about him in the in the good maybe. Um, I'm gonna go with a, a collective here for my lion is the defensive end group. So yes. seven total sacks in the day. Five of them came from our defensive ends. That was two for bad. two for Sharif Miller. Two for Jason Owe, true freshman, playing his first game. And one for my boy, Eter Gross Matos. So um, we've talked a lot about how it's just – it's so important to get a pass rush. It's so important for those guys to be quick off the end, especially with some of our – I don't want to say depth issues at defensive tackle, but we're, we're a little bit shorter there as, yeah. as we are the, on the outside. So to see three guys get in the backfield and just really disrupt, it was, was so awesome. Um, if, if you guys saw on Twitter, we are actually um, – we're going to be contributing to coach Sean Spencer. Uh, he's doing a, uh, a sack hunger challenge for every sack that the team has this year. They're going to donate a turkey at Thanksgiving. Uh, so we that. are, it's incredible. I, I saw it on Twitter and I just tweeted out right away. I was like, Hey, like coach, this is awesome. We want to contribute. So we're going to contribute $5 per sack so that they can uh, get some sides for those turkeys. Um, coach DM me right away, which I thought was so fucking cool. I mean, these guys don't need to respond to everyone or anyone, right? Not, and, not you know, at all. Yeah, he hit me up. He was like, hey, thanks so much. Like, we'll get in touch at the end of the season and then figure out how we can donate. So yeah. really excited about that. And again, from from the performance of a game, you need your defensive yeah. ends to be, to be the, those stalwarts. And, and they got it done. A little note from the, the sacks for
1: the turkeys thing. That all you guys know, listen out there, there, there's a reason that everyone who went to our school is so obsessed with it still, still loves it so much, still goes out to Penn State bars to watch games and like well, listen to this podcast because it's just an incredible place. It's not just about the football. It's about things like this that we, we have. We've got coaches who are you know donating to charity. Coaches who are like responding to people on Twitter so that they can donate to charity. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Penn State's just an amazing place.
0: Never ceases to amaze me. Could not agree more. So big shout out to Coach Chaos, Sean Spencer, and the defensive ends. They are my Lions of the Week. All right, into the next step, uh, your lamb of the week. So lamb is least valuable, someone who might have had a bad game. Uh, this is a tough one. Again, when it's 63 to 10, there aren't going to be many options. I see I, I see you looking at me, and I know exactly who you're going to pick, so I'm glad I picked a couple. But we're going to do this every week because we want to we want to make sure we're pointing out and, and holding ourselves accountable. So hit me with it. Who's he your seems guy? seems to be the, the resident no-names-all-game lamb in Juwan Johnson.
1: Zero receptions. Ugh. Zero yards, had a touchdown called back, we'll yep. give him that. Yep. But then he had an extremely easy touchdown. He just wasn't looking at the ball. And there you can't give me he got a touchdown
0: called back as an excuse for this game because he didn't have a single other reception. Yeah, and I mean of course he's he's the one player I had listened to. I knew you were gonna take him and yeah. and it is what it is, but I don't know. For me it's like I just this is game three and he's been a lamb for us on every, every single episode. Week. I just I can't mentally get there anymore. I just I don't even want to think about it. Like we're yes, what we've talked about is hey, if he's supposed to be our number one, he's gotta be producing, he's gotta be producing. The fact of the matter he is he isn't. And he's we're still scoring and we're still scoring 50 plus points. So yeah, yes, it's important. And yes, when we get to Ohio State and Michigan and you know the big time games, we we need him. But I don't know, for me it's like it's almost out of sight, out of mind. Like I just I, I want him to succeed, I want him to do great, but if he's not gonna do it. These other guys are gonna step up and 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 Franklin talked about this in his uh I think it was his post-game press or maybe his midweek. They asked him about the drops, and you know, his quote was, you know, we're gonna keep loving those kids, we're gonna keep coaching those kids, we believe in them. Um, and I mean he doesn't seem concerned and it's not just the drops with Juwan though, he seems to just not be there. The awareness, yeah. The awareness, and
1: but he he's not even getting targeted that often. Like it seems like he's just not trying that hard.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a tough part of us just being, you know, the somewhat casual fan is like, you don't know if it's an yeah. effort thing. I you don't know. Wrong. No, no. And I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think, I don't think we have any way of knowing that, right? The guys inside the locker room know what's yeah, going I, on. I and- for sure don't have the definitive
1: stance. on that <laughs> Johnson is loafing out
0: there. Yep. Yep. But yeah, he said, uh, we're going to keep believing in those kids. We're going to keep loving them. We've shown we can be great. We need to be consistent. So I think, you know going into this game i that was our instagram post i found a picture of deandre and juan saying like hey expect big games from both these guys and yeah. deandre lived up to it and, and juan I, I just i don't know what's happening but i don't know i'm gonna try to at this point keep my focus on the guys that are getting it done the guys that are killing it and when juan gets to his form it's gonna be a nice fucking surprise right because like hey We've we've looked at some of Trace's numbers and we'll we'll get there in a minute. Like, yeah, he's doing well, but his his stats aren't popping off the charts. And
1: no, they are not as um incredible.
0: Right, as not as prolific as you'd expect. We're not getting 350 every game for passing touchdowns. And I think if you take the success that you're getting right now from DeAndre, from KJ Hamler, from even Brandon Polk had a touchdown, you know, past a couple of games. If Juwan returns to form or even 80% of what we expect, that's fantastic. And that just adds another weapon and another element. So yes, he's a lamb again this week, but I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't put that much mental capacity into it yet. So
1: I, feel
0: I hope he gets there. Um, all right. Mine is going to be another position group because because like I said, I was looking through like player by player. There's not a lot like other than Juan that really had bad games. Um, Ricky Slade had, he had a touchdown, but he had five carries I think for one yard. So didn't do a whole lot. Um, but my, mine is going to be the onside kick return team. It's not even the onside kick. It's just the kickoff return team. Second game in a row, we got an onside kick uh, drilled against us, and they just weren't ready for it. And I I get – and this is me reaching. Like, this is, you know, I had to to pick a lamp for the week, right? You shouldn't be ready for it in the middle of a game, right? But at the same time, like, is this going to be a problem? Or our team seeing this is like, hey, we can expose them. And if they give us this look, we're just going to – we're going to squib it and and take over. We talked about how big field position is on returns. We, We can't be given up. Yeah. Kicks. Um, I'll
1: get to this a little more later and something else I'm going to talk about, but one thing I'll say in the kick return team's defense is that Kent State actually made a great play there. Uh, we really didn't misplay that kick.
0: They just made a play. They got lucky and they made a play. And I'll I'll, I'll get to it more a little bit later. All right. I'll, I'll leave me. that one for you. Like I said, I'm reaching. I, I really don't have a problem with it, but it's, it's one bad thing in this game that I, I think just needs a little bit of attention. So... Yeah. That is your weekly Lion and Lamb of the Week. Uh, let's move into our Good, Bad, Ugly. There's a ton to talk about in good. Uh, so hit me off with your, your first one, and I'm sure we'll we'll kind of have a couple to talk about here. Uh, let's see. No stagnant offense. Yeah. Yeah. I, that. Yeah. I, so I, I'll jump into that with, with Trace because, that, like I said, he was my potential lion, but I just feel like that's unfair. So I'm going to put him in the good category. Uh, five total touchdowns, three of them rushing, two passing, Numbers-wise, like we said, only 11 of 22. He only completed 11 passes? Yeah. That seems so low. Uh, 229 yards, one interception, but but that one was off of Miles' hands. Um, Yeah, that was
1: not his fault. And
0: what I will say is, did you see his response to that interception? Yeah. Ball goes off of Miles' hands. Trace- Runs the guy down. Oh, he got the
1: tackle.
0: Yeah, beautiful tackle, and and they ended up only getting three on that drive. Um, you know, I mean, he tackled them inside the red zone. I'm pretty sure defense came out, held them to three. So big play effort there. Um, and then we we talk about this one a lot. Is this this stat that you're going to hear every game that he throws a passing touchdown? Thirty first game in a row with a passing touchdown and. I looked it up, so he's not gonna—he's not gonna get the all-time streak. I looked it up; somebody has like forty something or other. So even if he does it every game this year, yeah. he'll still be short. But what I think is super, super impressive is I looked back. This this thirty-one streak goes back to like his first real action when he came in at the Tax Slayer Bowl yeah, after got hurt. Yeah. yeah, he had that beautiful pass over the middle to Deshaun. I think he had two uh, that game. Yeah, so there were a couple games prior in that season that he had like you know, a play here and there, like when Hackenberg would get hurt. That was his first real, like, hey, you're the quarterback? He's throwing a fucking touchdown passing every game game
1: since then. Here's Um, what I'd I'd actually be curious to know, and I wouldn't expect you to get this up. I hope so. How many games in a row he has had both a passing and running touchdown
0: I don't know if there's in a row, but I do. I do know there's a stat um, on that. And there's. I'm gonna save that one because I'm gonna I need time to do research. Yeah. But we're gonna get to a section in a little bit here about just overall milestones because we had a lot of them this game. Um, so Chris Peterson, who is our, uh, she's the assistant athletics director of strategic communications. Uh, if you don't follow her on Twitter after every game, she posts a lot of that like cool, just fun fact stuff. And I think she had it, so we will pull that up later. Um, but yeah, Trace, Trace was great offense. I. I'll say this. I I agree. No stagnant. It was still a bit of a slow start for me. So my best bet of the week was that they were going to cover 22 points in the first half. Didn't get it, unfortunately. I think we went in up 18 or so. So it's not stagnant by any mean. Yeah, I think first half we were up uh, because they had seven points at that point. So we were up 24-7 maybe? 28-10. 28-10. Shit. I knew my game. Um, So yeah, I I had it right. 18 points. Um, But the the duan. Touchdown getting pulled back hurt us there. Yeah. Um, there, like, there were a couple of finish. points in the first half. Is, yeah, like I said, not stagnant by I any mean. Um And then to to finish with sixty three is fantastic. Yeah, we are
1: strong in the second half though.
0: Yeah, and that's again not worrisome, but I, I just I don't want to see that trend of we need that wake up call to like get it going in the I second agree. half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Trace was great. Offense was great. Um, I do want to uh, I want to look back because it was it was funny the DeAndre touchdown, the Brandon Polk touchdown, and the one that KJ should have had in the very first quarter that was called back. They all three almost looked like the exact same route. It was like uh, up the right side uh, of the field and then kind of coming over in the middle. And Trace placed every single one of those balls just fucking perfectly. Um, DeAndre had to stretch a little bit for his. I think KJ even might dove, but like puts it where the defender is not going to get it. Yeah. It's just, it's really impressive. His stats I mean, aren't there, he, but it's really impressive.
1: He rarely throws interceptions that aren't tips. And when he does, it's often like an end of the game. He's kind of trying to force it then.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple other things that I have noted for good. Defense in general. We've let up 10 points now, so you take away take away that miserable fourth quarter in, in App State. Strong performances. Uh, seven total tack ta- uh, seven total sacks, like I said earlier. Um, only the one touchdown. And the, the touchdown, I actually – because I I was looking to go back and watch the whole game. If anyone has like a good way to do that, please let me know. I couldn't find this one on YouTube. But – if I remember correctly, the touchdown actually came on a penalty. So I think it was Rob Windsor, defensive tackle, jumped off I was going to talk about that in the bad. Okay, we're going to save it. We're going to save it for the bad. Um, jumping ahead. Only other thing I have for the good is the return game, and you, you kind of touched on it already. Um, One thing I have for the good. Yeah, go for it. Is the future. Sean Clifford. Best quarterback in the country? Question
1: mark. Four passes with two touchdowns. And... What like a hundred, almost
0: two hundred yards? One hundred and fifty-one yards, four for four, two touchdowns. His passer rating. Do you want to guess what it is? Five hundred. Five eighty-two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have a quarterback controversy? Maybe. No, no. I'm kidding. We obviously. <laughs> but we I mean,
1: it just makes me because I I think I brought up in an earlier podcast kind of how nervous I was for the post-Tommy Stevens era because we only had one season out of him. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Does this make you feel good?
0: Yeah. And and like I said, Sean Clifford is a guy he fairly highly recruited. He was a four star kid out of uh, somewhere in Ohio, I think Cincinnati. Um, went to the Elite Eleven. Like he he was up there. He wasn't, you know, the number one, number two guy, but he was in that top ten. And yeah. that's kinda of how quarterbacks go out of high school. Is those like outside of like the one or two, uh the kid at Clemson right now, uh Lawrence, the Dwayne Haskins or the the Tate Martel, out of those top couple kids, everyone else, it's like you kinda of have to wait and see right from from like number 3 to 15 in the quarterback rankings. It seems like it's rare that it's like a heavy passing guy is the mm-hmm. top quarterback. It's always a runner. Yeah. Except for like Sam Donald. Right. Know? Right. I mean Justin Fields, the kid that we had and he flipped to Georgia, same thing. He's dual threat. So, yeah, Sean Clifford is exciting, man. And and I'll I'll save this. Actually, yeah, no, I'm not going to save Sean, it. Sean Clifford is
1: like, man, i it. Mean, yeah, I'm not going to get any playing time.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say this to the injury section, but I'm just going to go for it. Tommy Stevens should be back this week is what we're hearing. Um, Franklin said all three quarterbacks will be available. And he actually said in his midweek press conference, if we really needed him, Tommy could have played last week. We didn't, That's but we exactly needed what we So what I'm interested to see is we come into Illinois. If we're up big, how do they split the the reps? Like, Do they use Tommy and the Lion and let Sean get the backup? QB They'll reps? probably do a little bit of both, is what I guess.
1: But I think they definitely want to get uh, Tommy some actual QB reps. Yeah. Especially going into, I mean, we get the bye week first, but going into Ohio State game where you know he's probably going to throw a pass or two. Yeah. Just in like mix the playbook up, you want him to get
0: some in-game quarterback. Yes. Absolutely. Do we have a bye week? I thought we would go to Ohio State right after.
1: No, I think there's a week in between.
0: No, no. Ohio State's night. Our bye week is October sixth. Because that's a uh, shout out to my friend Lee, is getting married that week. And it's purposely on a bye week. So our, that. today's the 19th, Friday night is the 21st, and then we get Ohio State on the 29th. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we get a bye week after. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think Tommy. Illinois is a bye week. <laughs> they really are. I mean, Friday night, get over yourselves. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think Tommy needs to get some actual QB reps. And I hope he does because, again, as much as exciting as it is to see him in the Lion, he's a quarterback and he can run a very efficient offense so um yeah i agree um awesome awesome to see uh the future of sean clifford and not only sean clifford there were i think 11 true freshmen that played in this game now so I believe a lot experience. of guys that have not seen playing time yet and uh yeah i'm gonna jump into that too i keep saying i'm gonna save things for later why am i gonna jump save in. them? um yeah so a couple guys um a couple guys that played that have not before daniel george had that 95 yard uh, touchdown from, from Clifford. Uh, we saw Zach, Zach Kuntz, the other tight end mm-hmm. by Frymouth. He had, he had a couple nice grabs. One that got called back from a penalty, but, but played well. Uh, Jason OA on the line played for the first time. And somebody asked Franklin about like how, how they're going to manage that. The, the whole red shirt rule. Um, and he said, you know, there's, it wasn't meant for this particular game, but the game flow dictated that, Hey, we could get a lot of these guys yeah. in there. Um, and they asked particularly about, oh, shit, it right? Particular no, it was. <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, with the score, this is a good time to get those guys. Yeah, of course. Um, but he mentioned how, like, uh, Nick Tarburton is <coughs> linebacker slash D-end kind of guy. They they used him in the first two games as D-end. So they sat him and brought in Jason O.A. They're going to let Jason O.A. play the next one. So they're kind of giving each each of those guys two. A See what happens, and then you can either save them for later games when you need depth, or you can pick one and greenlight them and, and see how it yeah. goes. So I really like this new rule. Um, I think it's awesome to see a lot of these young guys getting—I don't want to say meaningful reps, but for them, it's meaningful. Yeah, you, know, you saw Daniel George, Get how exciting, reps. how excited he was after that 95-yard touchdown. I mean, yeah. y- you can't you can't simulate that in practice. So I thought that was really cool. Um, the other one I had for good was the return game. We've already touched on it. Uh, only thing to add there was. Um, what I, what I thought was cool, is Franklin said, with with guys like DeAndre and KJ back there, when you have a guy like that, makes the other ten play better. They know if they hold their block for just a second longer, this guy can take it to the house. And I thought That's that was true. just – I never thought about that personally, but it's cool when you have a dynamic returner, how much that does for that whole unit. So a lot of good coming out of this game. I mean, we could talk about it for hours. Really? So let's move on to the bad. What do you got for bad?
1: Um, only thing I have for bad is that the one touchdown that Kent State scored – is that they gifted it
0: by Robert Windsor in
1: the defensive line.
0: Yeah. That, it was I mean it was it was good awareness on the, on their QB, knowing it was a free play, kind yeah. of just chucked it up there. It was a good, throw, actually.
1: It was in good coverage. It was. Um who was O'Rourane? Yep. Almost made a play on that. Um he kinda mistimed his jump, what is the other bad thing about that play, is he was in good coverage, good position to make a play, and he kind of fucked up.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to allude to before, so I'm happy you cut me off because I had the same thing written down as good coverage, but I I almost wonder if he saw it was kind of the free play and it was just trying to be the hero and like, I'm going to go up and snag this no matter what. It was funny listening to the color commentator,
1: who I'm also going to get to, it was terrible, (laughs) Uh, made, made a comment about what a great job the receiver did high pointing that ball. He didn't even jump. No, <laughs> really high <laughs> point in that just one. Stood there. Oh my god, I didn't uh, catch yeah, that. Amani just kind of, and it's really unfortunate because he actually had really good coverage, forced him to the sideline, played the played the ball, was looking, wasn't playing the receiver. Um, just kind of fucked up there. Yeah, and, and it's two it, bad fuck ups on one play.
0: Yeah, and it almost looked like on the replay, um, he he kind of you know arms fully outstretched over his head and like his body was extended. You almost thought he kind of came down with it in real time. I was like, oh shit, did not. I no, know he, he just. Really mistimed that jump. Yeah, and I mean he's got
1: or what, he tripped maybe. I mean and he has like, like kind of tried to jump out of his trip. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, possibly because he has an interception in the first two games. Right, the okay. game winner. At he obviously knows how to play. He he knows how to high
1: point the ball. Right. He knows how to
0: play the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of tripped there. Yeah, it's possible, and that's what I that's what I was saying. Like maybe maybe he was just kind because of, it didn't you know, look that much like a leap. Yeah, you know? he was he almost didn't, falling. Backwards. He didn't get that much air? Yeah, fair. I like how we're rationalizing this. This is good. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of what I was thinking. Is like. All right, he's got an interception each of the first two games. This is, like, his thing. Was he just trying to make the big play? Maybe. And maybe he should. Maybe he shouldn't have went for the home yeah, run. Yeah. Maybe he should have just tried to knock it down. Okay. So the interception wouldn't have counted anyway. Right, but, you know, it nullifies the touchdown. So if you knock it down, at least it prevents it. So you live it, to so fight another day. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, damn it. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean.
1: And even if they hadn't made that play – the other thing that Robert Winger did was just give him a first down on a fourth
0: down. Right, which is still very bad, yeah. right? But I'd rather have that than a touchdown. So it's Really unacceptable. Here nor there, but that's the only touchdown of the game. And, you know, like I said, the Kent State quarterback saw the opportunity and capitalized on it. Yeah. Um, bad, I, I have two, two quick ones. Uh, do you have any other bads? I don't want to steal yours. No. That's okay. If either of these are your ugly, let me know. Um, one of them kind of goes into what you just said is the, the penalties and the, the mental mistakes. So we had nine total for 85 yards, but three touchdowns called back from penalties. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't honestly remember which three they were. Obviously, the Jawan Johnson one was one. Um, I don't remember the other two, but Franklin yeah. talked about that. I mean, that's twenty-one points Not off acceptable. the board. Um, I mean, I think and I'm we sure we have. On, yeah, I'm sure we scored ability. anyway. Yeah, but still, that's you know, if you score on Not those, acceptable. that just
1: and and uh, you know, against a team like Kent State, we'll still score on that drive. How likely are we to score on that drive against Ohio State?
0: Right. Exactly. You, you just can't have that. I love how we keep talking about Ohio State. I was thinking about this too. It's like Franklin preaches. This week is the Super Bowl. We're focusing on this week. I think we've mentioned Ohio State on every episode. Yeah, well, we're not on the team. Yeah, but listen, <laughs> we might be. We're, we're supporters, right? Um, so that was one. And then I the don't, other one. Trace is listening to No Names All Game. Like, might. Hey, you're right, guys. Fuck this team. <laughs> Ohio State in two weeks. Hey, you know what? He might be. Listen, all right. We're getting there. We're not quite there yet. And, and man, shout out to the people that actually like do this full time and create the content and get the videos and the podcast. Man, if, if that's your full time job, then. I don't give the kudos because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, but the people that do it like part time, man, We str- it's Wednesday night and we're doing this because we know. just, our lives are a little busy. But yeah, man, like you see you see some of the players retweeting those accounts on the Barstool, Penn State, uh, the Onward State. So we're going to get to a point where Trace Long is going to listen to us and he's going to be like, yo, Pat Long and Chris, day. they know what they're talking about. Yeah, do <laughs> All right. The other bad that I have, and, and let me know if this is your ugly, ball security. No, it's not bad. Okay, cool. Um the one interception, it's again, it went off of Miles' hands, but it could have been a pick six very easily. And Miles had a really good game, and I'll get to Miles at some point, but um, you, just, you hate to see that. And we had two fumbles. Didn't lose either one of them, but the ball was on the ground a couple times. So that's two games in a row with multiple fumbles. Um, we didn't have any takeaways, I don't think. Um, yeah, no, no takeaways, no interceptions, no. Uh, no fumble recoveries or anything like Played that. So, shut down
1: defense. Yeah,
0: so it's it's again, it's not something super worrisome, but something to keep in your back pocket is like, hey, we should probably go and and tighten that up a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's get to the ugly. What do you got for? And do you have anything? I do. I okay. Got Will Fries, uh, two
1: straight plays, just was an absolute nobody. Two plays in a row did absolutely touched no one. And it um, came in, in, the when Trace got that big sack against Trace, mm-hmm. and then the next play when uh, Miles should have lost like ten yards, and then broke it into like a, you know gain of a few. Right, Will fries was just a, a complete bum. Like I. I may as well have been out there. I, I couldn't have done worse than he did on those two plays. And I think he got pulled after those two plays.
0: Yeah, there there was a little bit of rotation. I do like how you insert yourself as better than most of these players because it's just yeah. funny to me. Um, well, I couldn't have done worse than that. No, that's true. That's, I, and, hey, I've given you I've given you a chance to catch balls in the end zone. I've given, I've, I've, I I'm believe ha- in you. I believe in you, Pat. <laughs> I'm an athlete. <laughs> um, yeah, because he's, uh, he's one who – after, after the first game kind of locked down that right tackle spot, it was it was him and Chaz right that Chaz started and he kind of finished the game. Mm-hmm. And then Pitt, he was the starter of the whole game. So, yeah, we can look up snap counts. But, yeah, that's some growing pains that just can't really deal with right now. Like, we, we need that line to be solid. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, it was just embarrassingly bad. Yeah, and it's – I don't I don't even know. I'm not going to try to spin it. I was going to try to rationalize it, but it, just, it was bad. It was ugly. We need to fix it. Simple yeah. as that. Um, all right, for my ugly, I'm going to cop out a little bit because I couldn't find anything that I really loved as an ugly for us. So my ugly is the Kent State DB that got juked out of his shoes on that 95-yard touchdown pass. So it's funny because I was, I was listening to the announcers, and they're breaking down how good Daniel George's route was. Daniel George, true freshman wide receiver, and he, he looks pretty good too. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know, Justin Shorter is our kind of blue chip guy who still hasn't really played a whole lot. He, he was in the game. Yeah. Um, I think he took a couple, couple snaps, but didn't actually have any receptions. Um, Daniel George looked pretty good. There's the the commentary was breaking down how good of a route it was. He had a decent fake. Wasn't like you know best ever, but it was a decent fake pump and go. Sean Clifford with like the the half uh, half pump fake. Like I don't think we did anything super super amazing. I think that DB just looked. Ugly biting on that fake and giving us the longest play from scrimmage in Penn State football history. Ninety-five yards. Yep, I didn't know that. We've had two previously that went for ninety-two. That was the longest play from scrimmage in Penn State football history. Wow. So that's my ugly. I don't know what your name is, DB, but it was ugly. (laughs) Suck. All right, so we've got um, just a couple miscellaneous notes. We talked about some of these things. Let's go into uh, some of my milestones since we since we just touched on that. Do you know how many total yards we had? You're definitely looking at your fucking phone, too. Uh, I am, but not for that. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and so many, I don't know. How many total yards? Yes. Uh, 500. 643, gotcha. which is the most yards since 1995 Jeez. when we had 661 That's... against Rutgers. So that I thought was really, really cool. Um, this is our sixth straight game with 200 yards plus rushing. Um, and and they're moving around. So I talked – I did my knee-jerk reaction from Universal, and I, and I said Miles not the greatest game. Dude, he, he still had a really good game. He had 14 carries. Over 100
1: all-purpose yards. Yeah,
0: 14 carries for 86. I uh, think he had three catches for 30. He's averaging 6.1 on the ground, and I'm sitting here going like, eh, not the best. Yeah, it was it, pretty, it was it pretty epic game. It just wasn't like um... – It wasn't explosive. It wasn't electric. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't electric. That's a good one. Yeah, but it was, didn't jump at you. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good in. But that's in, who
1: he is. Yes, he's not a guy that is like he's not he's not like Saquon where mm-hmm. you're gonna see a lot of like it's not gonna be every game. There's like a 60 yard run out of him. Right, and I'm okay with that. But that, he's gonna average you know 6.1 anywhere in, from four to six yards a carry. probably.
0: I think I think if you run the yeah. ball for four to six yards every time, you're gonna move the chains. It's yeah. gonna happen. So very okay with that, and I'm, I'm actually glad you said that. So in the athletic Audrey Snyder shout out to her again we got to get her on this pod I I shout her out every time um she had a section and and she does a really good breakdown of the game she had a section on Miles and and kind of posed the question of what if he came after anyone other than Saquon and we've kind of alluded to this but think about the running backs we've had before Saquon Bill Belton, Zach Swanak. like we never had like a true even Akil Lynch who had flashes we didn't have like a true great running back if miles comes in after any of those guys he is kind of heralded as the best the running next back game, yeah. yeah but because it's immediately after Saquon it's just yeah. you're gonna draw those <laughs> comparisons so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna hop off the train of Miles needs to be electric every game and just enjoy it for like what we're the, seeing because it's it's impressive. I, I like the way he
1: plays fans. the kid the kid is
0: running well and, and it's impressive. Um a couple other milestones uh, through through our first three games, we have 159 points. That's the third most through three games in Penn State football history. What year is going to that? You want to guess? No. Okay, good, because there's a lot of years to pick from. <laughs> so we have 159. In 2008, we had 166. If I was
1: going to guess eight. It was, a great, year. It was a great year. That
0: was the year that we you know almost got to a national championship, but – Fortunately, Iowa beat us on the last second field goal. It was my freshman year. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, and then before that was 1926 with 165. Wow. It's a lot of points, a lot of yards. We talked about um, that longest play in history. A couple milestones for Trace. So he hit over 1,000 career rushing yards. And he is the second quarterback in Penn State history to do it. Who's the first? Darrell Clark? Nope. Who's another rushing quarterback in the last 10 years or so. Might have played running back in the NFL at points. Michael Robinson. Michael Robinson. Oh, I yeah. love Michael Robinson. <laughs> yeah. I, and I like, phone going off in the middle of a podcast. Michael how Robinson. unprofessional I didn't know was. What,
1: what that was.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he he broke 1,000 rushing yards for a career, only our second quarterback to ever do it. And Michael Robinson was the first. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And with his three touchdowns, he moved to 24 rushing touchdowns, which is the all time leader for a Penn State quarterback passing. Michael Robinson. Nope, Daryl Clark, Clark. See, <laughs> <laughs> fooled you right into it. Oh, I got you. I got you right into that. So he's got he's got 24 total. Daryl Clark had 22. There's Dude, I, I a lot still of games watch that left. Video of Michael Robinson uh,
1: breaking that kid for Minnesota's collarbone yep. on that truck. Yep.
0: Oh my god, he he was I electric. Love that play. And, I, and I love Michael Robinson now in like his whatever media role he is. He does a lot of like the pregame shows. He's he's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was that was really interesting. So the record for rushing. Touchdowns on a QB is Daryl Clark with 22. Trace has 24, and there's nine games left in the season. It's going to mm-hmm. obliterate it. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, DeAndre Tompkins uh, passes 1,000 receiving yards for his career. So Wow. Um, yeah, very cool for him as well. A lot of milestones. Yeah, A lot of milestones. All right, anything else for this game in general? Um, we kind of talked about injuries. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's go to injury report real quick. Mm-hmm. Tommy, we think, is back. Shane Simmons might be back for this game. So he was officially out of the walking boot. He did not dress uh, for Kent State, but he tweeted out the other day. It was like just a smiley face. They do these cryptic tweets all the time. I know. I hate it. I don't know what to make of it. It's like, um, is he coming back? Did he just get laid? I, What's going on? I hope both. Um, but yeah, he might be back. One thing that we have completely ignored on this podcast, John Reed has not played in two games. Have you noticed that? I totally didn't until you said it. Same. So. He was out on the pit game and they kinda they chalked it up to you know, he had a rough a little bit of a rough first game back, needed to kinda get some of the rust off. They were giving him like a healthy scratch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Could have played if he needed to. So I don't think it's quite an injury, but then he didn't play at all at this game. If you wanted to get him like back to form, don't you think Kemp State it's would be a good one for him to like get his motions back? Mm-hmm. Um so in, in his weekly Not presser. Injury report though? No, and in, in his weekly presser, they asked him, like, hey, so what's going on with that? Do you expect to have him back? Real short answer is we expect him to be back this week. So I'll right. uh, I'll take that for what it is, but yeah, it's, I love James Franklin. Yeah, I really do. It's fun how he just dances around these and doesn't give a shit. Um, so it's it's interesting for two reasons. One, I really want him on the field because he's a really good player when yeah. he's healthy and when he's at the top of his form. Two, he was out for two games and we didn't even notice. Kind of says some good things about the yeah. other guys in the secondary. So um, I like
1: our secondary a lot. And I, I agree. I, I had a feeling. You know, I talked a little, We talked a little shit about them after um,
0: the first game. Yeah, but I had picked a it feeling up that it was just sort of you know. They've rust. they've picked it up. Coverage has been a lot better. Uh, Lamont Wade had one of our sacks. I think he's been playing well in in whatever role he's been asked to. So yeah, I agree. I think I think the secondary has come back in a big way. And and I mean the defense in general. I, this is one I passed over earlier. Only 180 passing yards that they gave up, 41 rushing yards. That's a really, a really game. good game. So overall, great game. Um, let's move on. Let's uh, let's do our – let's do Big Ten Awards, and then we'll jump into Illinois. Right. Big Ten Baller of the Week. So the Big Ten was not great this week. Overall, right. overall, six and seven against non-conference foes, and there were some really bad losses. I'm sure we'll get yeah. to that in the bozos. Um, but let's find some good. Who's your Big Ten Baller of the Week? Sean Clifford. <laughs> I love it. We're not going far for it. I love it. Sean
1: Clifford has thrown four passes in his career, two touchdowns, 150 yards, has a quarterback rating of
0: over 600. You can't find a bigger baller than this in the Big Ten. Quarterback controversy? Question mark? <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, yeah, the kids decided, and like I said, the, the DB did just look ugly on that.
1: Okay. But, but
0: the ball is thrown beautifully. Like, you got a man wide open in space. He just lays it up and lets him do the rest. I love this kid. He had a couple of runs that were nice. He can move with his legs yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to skip over Tommy Stevens by any means because I, I want to see Tommy as our quarterback. But I'm very confident with the depth that we have Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, I have two because I was I was preparing in case maybe you stole one, so I'm going to say them both. Uh, Purdue quarterback David Blau, which is a great name. Thirty-nine of fifty-five for five hundred and seventy-two passing Jeez, yards, three crazy. touchdowns, one interception and they lost to Missouri. That's a baller Dude, performance sucks. to me though. They're fucking terrible. And that's why like I felt like I had to give this kid a shout out. 572 passing yards, three touchdowns and they lost 40 to 37. Um, oh, he had three got three different receivers over they 100 yards. In the Big Ten this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. He had three different receivers over 100 yards. That's I, I mean that's just a really good performance. Yeah. Win or lose. Can't say nothing um, and then the other one I had prepared was uh, Minnesota wide receiver Tyler Johnson. He had nine receptions for 133 with three touchdowns. Minnesota scored 26 points. He was responsible for almost 21 of them, yeah. if you add on the kicker, right? Um, so I thought that was really cool. They, and they, they did. Yep. Um, and to your point earlier about uh, DeAndre's returns and, like, not having one that kind of inflates the stats, this kid was 9 of 133. His long was 28. So, I mean, he was just he was a true a true game. Up, yeah, so up. good performances. Um, Big Ten was ugly, 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 but yeah, a couple of guys yeah. to give a shout-out there um and i think us into our big 10 bozo of the week who's your bozo there's so many to choose from the color commentator
1: <laughs> state. this guy was a fucking momo do we know I, his name i i don't remember his name all right i've never listened to a commentator and just thought so many times oh my god you're an idiot <laughs> so it started with that onside kick i talked about earlier yep where he Literally, the first thing he he starts going off on Penn State for leaving early, but we touched the ball before the before the <laughs> ten yards. Like as soon, almost right after he says that, they they break it down and see that we actually touched the ball before ten yards, and like the Kent State kicker just happened to be right there as we touched it and made a really good play. It really wasn't a bad play by our defense.
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna take your they, word for it. They
1: were coming up very quickly on it, and. Our, our guy was kind of either caught in between stay back on your heels and try and catch it after 10 or get aggressive and do it. And he he, he went agra- he made the aggressive mistake. He went for it and got hit
0: as soon as he touched it. Who was that? Do you know? I, I don't I, Yeah, I can't it. remember, he, honestly. It really wasn't that bad. It might have been Sutherland. Do um, you have long hair? might have been Jonathan Sutherland. Maybe. Um, what else did this Bozo have?
1: And then there was another play where um, Kent State went offside. And he called a false start on us before the play. And then they show the replay. And he goes, man, I don't know if that's an offside. He didn't touch the lineman. <laughs> like, Do you know what an offside is? You don't have to touch someone. Oh, God. And like he, his reaction was so stupid. I was like, wait, maybe, maybe I'm an idiot. Right. Maybe I don't know the rules. Right. So I looked it up. I was like, maybe it's different in college. No, As long as you go across the, the neutral zone and cause an offensive lineman a reaction. That is still in offsides. Okay. You don't have to touch
0: another player. You just have to cross the neutral zone and cause a reaction. I'm really happy you defined that because as soon as you said it, my mind went like, oh, shit, is that the right rule or not? So, yeah. Oh, and,
1: and then when um, Friar Youth had the pass interference that mm-hmm. called back John's touchdown, when they're showing the replay, he tried to pin it on one of our linemen. Like, oh, <laughs> is that him right there? No, that guy's pass block
0: <laughs> So they pulled this commentator like, off the street. Like, oh
1: my God. Is, is this guy? I was like, listen, is this like some kind of kid? You know, he's, he's special. And they're like, hey, it's this kid's dream to be the cullen commentator for Penn State. You know, Kent State. We'll make a wish. It's like, ah, well, it's
0: Kent State. Might as well throw him in there. <laughs> well, hey, man, he got his chance. Uh,. Did not execute on it. That's that's really funny. Oh, it's garbage. Uh, absolute bozo. And like I said, I didn't watch after the game. I've never listened to a football announcer say so many things about football that were incorrect. Love it. And I, I listened it. to Phil Simms. Yeah, I was gonna say there are some bad ones out there. Um, speaking of guys that are saying things that are really bad, I'm gonna tangent for a minute. So obviously, you know, NFL John Gruden, uh, Oakland Raiders head coach, they traded away Khalil Mack, one of the best best pass rushers in the league. They're at 0 2, and in his press conferences, he's given this answer multiple times now. They ask him, like, hey, you know, what needs to get fixed? He goes, well, it's really hard to find a good pass rusher. <laughs> it's like, idiot. You <laughs> just straightened away one of the best you in the moment. league. And it's like, you can rationalize as much as you want. He says, you know, he was never going to sign with us. We wanted to get assets. Just don't say that in your press conference. Yeah, that shouldn't be. Um, well, you should at least shouldn't say it's hard to find right, a good pass rusher. Right. Yeah. Because it wasn't. No, you <laughs> had one. So, special edition NFL bozo of the oh. week, John Gruden. Um, Okay, so I've got a couple. So like I said, bad bad week for the Big Ten. So I think it's very easy to point out a couple of teams, and then I'll get to my individual. Wisconsin loses to unranked oh. BYU, um, Bozos. Uh, w- what sucks, too, is that they can still win the West like, pretty easily, I'm yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, they're the only good team in the West. Right, which is so annoying. But, man, they lost, I think they were like a 26-point favorite at home. I mean that's just that's a that's bozo supposedly look.
1: incredible Camp Randall. Yeah, supposedly more raucous than Beaver Stadium, Camp Randall. I've been yeah, go there. Jump
0: around on that loss. <laughs> I've been there once. It was good, not not nearly as cool as Beaver Stadium. Jump around was fun, but it's oh. By the way, on that
1: same note, how about that kid from LSU
0: who transferred from uh, the quarterback? Oh, transferred
1: from Ohio, Ohio, yeah. Ohio State, right? Said that um, Penn State whiteout crowd doesn't stand up to Auburn. Oh yeah, is that with the kid who was never on the field at Beaver Stadium thinks?
0: <laughs> wow, what a what a great opinion.
1: Yeah, can you
0: can you give me more opinions of things yes. that you've never done? How is the moon? <laughs> is that what it's like watching a game? <laughs> <laughs> Bozo. We need to get like a we need to get like a graphics expert to just make us like a Bozo graphic and we can put it out there for these losers. Um, so Wisconsin definitely uh, Northwestern. Um, they lost to Akron. Did you see this stuff? Did you hear about this? Did you see this? No. <laughs> Akron. This is Akron's first time beating a Big Ten team since, I want you to guess the year. It's got to be like the 50s. 1894. No. <laughs> the first time beating a Big 1894? Ten team since 1894. So oh, Northwestern. That's so bad. You're a fucking dude. Bozo Northwestern team looks really bad this year, too. And like, I feel like they've always won that, been one that I've, I've, I've like branched into the lower tier in my mind, but kind of respected more than a Marylander well, or a Maryland. a
1: really good coach. Yes,
0: I agree. I really like him. Respect they've always him. been
1: one of those teams, not a lot of talent because of the type of school they are. Yep, and and not only
0: because they're so uh, high academically, but because they're also a small school. Yeah, and they're not a state school. They beat us. Uh, I think it was Franklin's first or second year. We like had a lead and yeah. lost it. And I remember I was pissed because they we ran had some a dumbass lot play of calls.
1: Tight games with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's just an ugly, ugly loss, man. bozo. Man. Um, but my my individual Big Ten bozo of the week is going to be Nebraska's head coach Scott Frost. Yeah, this man left the national champions University of Central Florida undefeated, of course, right? And now is Owen two at Nebraska, and I mean, I'm not going to overreact. It takes time to build up a program, but they lost to Troy, I think it was. Yes, um, they did. He's 0 two, and, and here's the thing for me, like. Coaches jump ship all the time, and I guess I can't say too much on this because we wouldn't have Franklin if he hadn't left for you know greener pastures. But coaches do this all the time, where they leave for for better things. Dude, the state of Florida is not great right now in football. Florida State looks trash. Florida looks trash. If you're Scott Frost and you're taking UCF, who went undefeated, beat Auburn in a bowl game, why not like run with that and and turn that team into a legit top twenty-five? Contender. Yeah, i think that was a weak ass move you know I, I mean and i don't know the whole story i don't know the history whatever but i don't know that's just i mean dude right now you look like a bozo because yeah. you because i think ucf is playing decently at least right sure now so it's like hey man you left us we're going to show you how good we are uh so that's my big 10 bozo of the week any other big 10 notes for us
1: uh Maryland,
0: the tough loss that i was upset about um they should have beaten temple that's a better team than temple that's a bummer yeah yeah I agree um the big 10 like you said it's, it's not looking great so far I think you've got your top Ohio State Penn State Michigan as expected and then after that it's a lot of a lot of muddy waters so all right we got about 10 15 minutes left on this episode so let's jump into our Illinois predictions previews all that good stuff we got a Friday night game in Champaign Illinois what's your uh, what's your initial thoughts on this team this team this game? I mean,
1: Friday night game, that's so fucking weak that they're doing that to us. Um, absolute
0: bullshit. Do you want to hear a fun fact? I'm loaded with them today. I had time, like, this is a late episode, but I'm loaded. The last time that Penn State played a regular season Friday game, do you know what happened? Did we win? We won the national championship. It was I, 1982. Absolutely turn my opinion around on Friday night. <laughs> Listen, schedule right a bunch here. of them every week. <laughs> One a year. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I, just, I mean, it's an obscure stat that um, has no weight to it, but kind of funny. We are going to roll this. I mean, this is a shitty Illinois team.
1: Uh, Illinois is always pretty bad, but they're not good this season. Uh, they just lost very unimpressively to South Florida, who is not a good team. They're 3-0, but they're not good. South um, Florida is 3-0. Yeah. Got it. Okay. But they're, they're not a good program. Yep. Um, their quarterback, 20 for 29, that's decent 168 yards on 20 passes. That kind of shows you that he's really not stretching it out. Yeah. And zero touchdowns. No interceptions, but zero touchdowns. Just shows you something really unremarkable.
0: And they, I listened to some of Franklin's uh, presser for like the previous – like 45 minutes long. They, they spent some time on that shit. Um, but he did talk about how they have some guys coming back that haven't played. I think a quarterback might be one of them, so that might be their backup. Either way. Yeah, I mean, their first game of
1: the season, they won – pretty narrowly Kent State, who we just absolutely... Yep, 31-24 I think, And then, again, Western Illinois by 20. Yep. There's nothing special there. They're playing nobodies and not looking that great. Uh, We're going to absolutely roll this game. And it makes me love it even more because I will never forget what they did after the Sandowski scandal, coming in and trying... coming to State College and hanging out in the parking lot trying to recruit our players. Not like, you know... Making a couple of calls, sending some feelers out. They made a house call. Hanging out in the parking lot of our football facility, trying to recruit our players.
0: Just an all-time scumbag
1: move. Yeah. I I am so excited for us to absolutely push their shit in.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. Um I looked at that Kent State game too. They they won 31 to 24. We just dominated Kent State 63 to 10. I think there's some sort of like transitive property math that says we should just dominate them. Um, the one thing I'll say is they're they're averaging 243 rushing yards per game this season. We have, I won't say struggled with the run because our 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 average is 148 that we're giving up, but that's really that driven by some too. outliers. Yeah, but it's also driven by some outliers, right? Kent State, we just shut them down for 41 total. Pitt had like 250 on us. So yeah. it's you know, you take your wins with your losses. I'm not overly concerned about the running game. I think our defensive line is getting better. Mm-hmm. I think our, our linebackers still need to improve and, and Franklin has said that as well. I'm not super, super worried. If we hold them, and this is gonna sound terrible, but if we hold them to under two hundred rushing yards, under eighty rushing yards, I'm happy with it because I, I even if they have a lot of rushing yards, I don't think it's gonna to correlate to points. So I won't be happy with that. I wanna see a statement by our defense. I wanna I wanna hold them to under 120 rushing yards. This is why this is why we work together. This is why <laughs> this is why we're good. Um, I mean, I
1: think our past events has been pretty impressive. Yeah, so you're gonna you to make them seen, yeah.
0: yeah make them run and against then a team that
1: isn't yeah you not know, Yeah, and
0: I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. It's it's literally midnight right now. We are quite quite literally burning the midnight oil. I'm not happy with 200 rushing yards. Why did I say mm-hmm. that? Um, yeah, be. yeah. I would like to shut them down. Uh, a couple quotes from Franklin is. Uh, they apparently Illinois has not turned over the ball all year. So I'd like to see some takeaways. We're gonna check um, that. interceptions, fumbles, something. And apparently they have one takeaway in like something like 17 straight. So I want to win the turnover battle like by a lot. Uh, yeah. I want like to be sacking this dude into the ground, picking up fumbles, and I want us to not turn it over at all. I mentioned earlier ball security. Gotta gotta be good there. So let's take a look. Um, the line for this game is penn state currently per bovada minus 28 and a half and the over under is 60 so before you give me your prediction because we didn't do a preview for kent state because wasn't really anything to preview i want to give myself a little pat on the back uh just gonna just gonna take this time to to give credit to me uh on our no names all game instagram Love it. put out a post of hey you know give us give us your predictions no one ever does so if you're listening give us your predictions yeah, when i put this out guys. we want to hear it uh the one prediction that came in was from my personal account and I said, PSU 59, Kent 13. Damn close. Very nice. I was off by four points on our score, three points on theirs. So I did lose my best bet of the week, but just putting that out there. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, – You're up on the week. Yeah, it was a positive week. Things are good. Um, Illinois averaging 28 points this, this season. Penn State averaging 53. What's your uh, – What's your what's your game prediction for me? I never like a spread that's
1: more than like fourteen, um, but if I had to bet on this, honestly, I would take Penn State. Uh, I like I, said, I think we roll here. We've been putting up big points, and we put up big second halves. Is the other thing. Yeah. Like we go, we're this is a game where unless we really shoot the bed, we're gonna go in with a lead at halftime, and then you know we come out and we really just put it to bed. And I think with Tommy Stevens coming back, I think Franklin's going to want to show him, you know, get it even, you know, if they have a big lead at some point, he's going to want him to play. Yep. So he'll be throwing some passes probably, not just kind of running the clock out. Yeah. I think we cover this spread.
0: You got a score for me? Putting you do, on the spot. You got to do math. Do math. Um, <laughs> All right. I'm going to do I, mine. I, and oh, I say we
1: go 45
0: 10. Okay. I like that. That's That's not far off from what mm-hmm. I have. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um if I'm betting this tonight, which I'll probably wait till Friday, to see what that does. Um, I would I mean it, how do you not take it at this point? Like we're we crushed Pitt 51 to 6, 63 to 10, Kent. I was scared last week that we weren't gonna cover 26 and we won by 53 points. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm
1: telling you, I think this is, is one of those good.
0: yeah, it's it's I think this is one of those where it's it's conference play, it's expected to be a little bit closer, it's on the road, it's Friday night. I could see the logic in Maybe this won't be as big of a blowout, but I don't know. I think you have to take it at that point. What I'm much more excited is the over/under. I take the over of 60 very easily. Um, My prediction is 55-20. Penn State. We're averaging 53 points alone. High. Yeah, but we're averaging 53 by ourselves. That's true. Yeah. And yeah, then the first game well was and it. the first game was a struggle, and we put out 45. We've gone 45. 51, 63. That's a good point. Yeah, take it. If if we're in a position again, where late game. We're getting a bunch of young guys in. Our defense has been great. Where we haven't given up those late touchdowns. Eventually, they're going to happen. I think over 60 is is easy. So my 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 prediction That's, right I now think is 55. The hardest part 20. about
1: over 60 is that our defense might not let up enough points.
0: Right. If we win 55 nothing, then you
1: lose. Yeah. And I've or had that before. To 5 to 10.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So. We'll keep an eye on it. I, I, I wouldn't on. bet that
1: line, but if I had to bet it, I'd take the over.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll keep our eye on it because there there are going to be some suckers that that jump in on it, and it, it might move a little bit before this Friday night game. And with with it being a Friday night game, that's a, a national game where you know it's the only game of the night, so a lot of people will probably be betting on this game. Whereas True. if it was a noon game on Saturday, not a lot of non Penn State fans are getting in on that action. So we will and keep you guys The kind of thing posted.
1: is, I think. Franklin does a good job, always having these guys pumped up
0: and yeah. ready for
1: every game. Yep, uh, from his, you know, tweeting out every Sunday at midnight. You know, Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. So good. I, I think he's a great motivator. Say what you will about the guy as an ex's and nose coach. I mean, I think he's better than some people give him credit for. He's obviously not the best ex's nose coach in the country. He, but, he knows what he's talking but about. He's though. a motivator, man. Yeah, he gets his players ready. Yeah, and it's funny too because you watch some of the press conferences. To play for him.
0: Yeah. Like there there's
1: I think you really see there's so much passion on this Penn State team. Oh yeah. And I think it
0: all flows from him. You know what I love? I don't know if you've seen this, but every the uh the past couple at least the past two, probably not after App State because that was a damn close one, but after Pitt and at Pitt, he's like jumping up into the crowd to give yes. high fives to the student section. It. He did it again after Kent State, and it's like it's funny because he looks so awkward to him. He like, doesn't
1: have the up that Billy O D had. No, no app, but, but
0: he's like he's so excited, he's like, Yeah, let's go like really, really getting into it. And and that's the I thing, it's like love I do too, and it's we we always say, oh, maybe he's not the best X's and O's. I just don't think he shows that side. Like when he does get into the technical breakdowns, knows exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I'm, like I said, he's a better X's and O's coach than people give right. credit for. but him. but his his bread and butter is being the face of a program and yes. motivating these kids and loving them and treating them, you know, the way that they need to be to, to get into game shape. So I agree. I think it's gonna be a really good game. I'm kind of excited for Friday night. Like go out to a bar on Friday night and watch a Penn yeah. State game. That's gonna be fun. We flying home. Oh, very but nice. I, I'll,
1: I'll be landing in time for the okay. game. There
0: you go. Good good stuff. Um, yeah, that's about it on on these games. We'll end with one last segment that I almost forgot about is PSU in the NFL. Um, so we'll do this every week. We'll give a quick recap of, of how our guys did in the NFL. Um, I caught some games on Sunday. I watched a little bit of Red Zone. You watch any uh, any NFL football this week? I on
1: Sunday, so Damn. unfortunately I didn't get to it. All right. Much. I, I, You know, I
0: play fantasy, so I check up on the stats. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny, too. As I was going through this, I was very much marking down the offensive guys like in the fantasy mindset because it's like, oh, stats are yeah. exciting. Like, yeah, Adrian Amos had four tackles, but I don't know. Dude, Adrian can... Amos is quietly one of
1: the best defensive backs. In I the agree.
0: He, he's doing great. And there's a couple of guys in there that, that had some decent defensive performances. But to, to call out some of the flashy ones, Saquon, in a very ugly Giants loss, led the Giants in both rushing and receiving. He had 14 catches. That's how. Yeah, that's so, how poor their offensive was that they threw the and ball. And he had in. a really bad
1: rushing game, by the way. Yeah,
0: he had like 28 yards on yeah, 11 um, carries. But but that that offensive line is just so bad that they're just dumping it out to. him. They're garbage, dude. Dude, dude 14 14 catches for 80 yards. It's the leading receiver on a team that you have Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram. Okay, so 16 targets. Yeah, in, incredible. Um, so yeah, yeah I, mean, I I almost feel bad for that girl. offensive line. I really hope they build that up and, and he has the potential to show what he can do. I think it's
1: going to be a tough first year for him just because that offensive line is so bad. Yep. Agreed. And they're going to be behind in
0: games, so he's not going to be running the ball that much. Exactly. Uh, he Chris will be good win that him? passing game, though. Yes, 100%, which is, hey, if you're playing in the PPR league, you should have scooped him. Uh, I had someone in my league try to trade me Giovanni Bernard for Saquon Barkley, <laughs> and I laughed. He's like my boss's boss's boss at work, so I, I almost thought about it, but got too much integrity for that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Godwin with another another very yeah, solid yeah, he's line.
1: moving up in the starting spot. Yeah,
0: the team. five catches, fifty-six yards, and a touchdown. So Two straight weeks with a he's touchdown. He's gonna be a star
1: in the NFL. I'm I,
0: you I yeah, and and Fitzmagic obviously trusts him. Um, Fitzmagic with that swag after the game. Did I you see it. that? Incredible. It's like, it's like Conor McGregor's older brother. Yep. And I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, Jameis is coming back. This dude's rolling. Do you put Let's Jameis see. in there. Um, but yeah, Godwin Godwin's killing it. Um, I think he's found his role on that team where like Mike Evans is clear number one. Deshaun Jackson is your your speedster. Godwin's gonna be that just consistent guy for them right now. And I
1: said uh Deshaun Jackson is not an every down
0: receiver. Right. I
1: think in game in, game
0: out, Godwin's gonna be getting more targets and more receptions than Deshaun Jackson. I agree. Yeah, very fun to see him. Um Jesse James, tight end for the Steelers, had five for 138 and a touchdown, his first one hundred yard game of his career. Uh Allen Robinson had a career. He's high a in been catches. been a, a favorite red zone target of Ben. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think Justin James is one that like he's never been a top, top tight end, but he's going to get the job done, yeah. you know? So really nice to see him. Allen Robinson, career high, 10 catches for 83 yards. Career high in catches, not yeah. yards. Yes. Um, Robbie Gould, three or three field goals, long of 45. I think he was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Nice. I don't know if it was a winning field goal, but they did win by three points. Like, like 60, years. 65 years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this one this – one, um, this one jumped out to me. Donovan Smith, who is the starting left tackle for that Tampa Bay Bucks team that we talked about, yep. started his 50th straight game at left tackle since being drafted. Dude has not missed a game. That's just that's incredible. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Any uh, anything else for the fans? While I look up that one stat that I was supposed to look up and didn't before. Ooh, sorry. PSU in the NFL. Sam Thicken got signed by the Rams. Oh, he did. Yeah, because they need a kicker. So nice. He, he was on their is.
1: practice squad for a little while. Ago.
0: Yep. Yep. He yep. Sam Thicken. up too, he's
1: doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Now neighbors.
0: We, I saw him at, uh, at the parlor one time. It was him, and, really? uh, him and Garrett Sickles. It was for the Blue and White King. They were there just oh, hanging shit. out with their very attractive girlfriends.
1: Sam Pekka
0: definitely talks. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. He was I think he was like in finance. I remember like him yeah. going to like the stud. Yeah, he he gets it. Like, he gets it. He's like 6'3 at least. <laughs> um all right, what was your one thing? And then we'll wrap up. Um I don't
1: really have anything.
0: I thought you said you had one thing. Did I? I don't know. I'm just stalling because I'm looking up for this, this. I think you're just saying, saying you just <laughs> You're just putting the pressure on me here. Yeah? Uh, all right, McSorley is the first Penn State quarterback to have at least three rushing touchdowns in a game, at least twice in his career since at least 1967. There's a lot of at leasts in that. Yeah. I'm not even gonna try to digest that one. <laughs> um I really thought I thought it, I thought I saw it on here. What I thought I thought I up Trace McSorley. I don't know. Um, Either way. Yeah, rushing and receiving. He's had a bunch of them. I'll look it up. We'll get it for you next time. That's all we got. Uh, week three is in the books. We are 3 0 heading into Champaign, Illinois. Gotta we're feel good at that. this point. Gotta feel good, which means hopefully we're going into Ohio State 4 0. Potentially. Is a no hey, put it in the books. Pat Colicchio is lock of the lock week. Of the week. Um, going into an Ohio State team that might be missing Nick Bosa. Just putting it out there. He will Ooh. not play this weekend. He's got a lower abdominal strain. So, interesting. never, never wish harm on a man. But I never don't want to play a team of
1: full strength. But no,
0: not. But if but, I ever
1: didn't, right. this would be one of those. Their defensive
0: times. line is so good that they're still going to be really, really good. If you can take Nick Bosa off the field, I don't hate it. Uh, I, so I'm not wishing for it. If it happens, I don't hate it. I'm not
1: not wishing
0: for it. <laughs> All right. So, we will wrap up there. Uh, another great week. Take a listen. Tell your friends Instagram, Twitter. We're not on Facebook, so don't look for us there. Uh, No names, all game, we are.